0: Um, so this morning, if you'd take your Bibles, go to Romans chapter 8. I want to start here this morning. Oh, and let me mention this too. Next week, we have a guest, special guest speaker. Aziel uh, Nunez will be with us, and we're excited to have him again, one of our former students, coming back again to, to preach the Word of God to us. Romans chapter 8, look at verse 1. He starts off this way. He says, Therefore, no condemnation now exists for those in Christ Jesus. That's good news right there, isn't it? We could stop right there and go home. Praise the Lord. Isn't that good? But we're going to keep going. Look at verse 2. Because the Spirit's law of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. And he goes on to talk about the law. And, you know, I never really stopped to just think about this. Law, he says the law of life. In Christ Jesus. Isn't that powerful, the law? Stop and think about that. What does that mean, the law? When you think about the law, you think about maybe, maybe the, the speed limits. You think about some of the laws that we have as citizens of our nation. And the laws, well, they're supposed to be followed. Well, talk, that's another topic for another day, maybe. But there's, there's laws that govern how we live. We have laws even in our own homes, don't we? sort of, we have, we have rules that we set, and they're kinda like laws. But you know, my kids like to really push the limits and say, well, I, I don't like that law. What do you mean there's a bedtime? I hear in other houses, they don't have bedtimes. Well, guess what? In my house, there's a different law. If you, if you don't like the law, you can stop being a citizen of this house anytime you want to and move. But as long as you're a citizen of my home, you gotta follow my laws. They don't like that, right? But yeah, that's our, that's our privilege as parents. To make, create laws, we become our own dictatorship. It's wonderful. But they don't like the laws, and they, they, they constantly come to me. They don't, like, they don't like the bedtime. They want to stay up late. I like bedtime. It's beautiful when those kids get in bed. I love my kids. I like them a lot when they're sleeping, though. They, make, they create a lot of noise. I was working out with Greg the other day. We were down in the gym, and just above us is that room where there's the nursery area, and we just hear the whole time we're working out, pop, 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 just running, 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 running. I said, that's my kids. And he said, oh, oh, really? And I said, yeah, they didn't stop the whole time. Did it? Didn't stop. And you know, my kid's bedroom is right above where I sleep. They like to get up early. Pop, 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 just running around, running around. And I lay in bed and listen to the beautiful sounds. But I love it when we, they go to bed. It's terrific. So I'm going to keep the rules in my house. And without, see, without rules, without laws, we have chaos. We're seeing some of that, aren't we? Without laws, we have chaos. Well, we have laws, but when they're not followed, we have chaos. God set up laws in in this world. Before He ever, think about this for a minute, before God ever created anything, He had to create the laws that govern them. You know, before He could create a planet, He had to create a law that would keep that planet in orbit. There had to be all, I don't know all the different laws there would need be necessary to keep the, at least gravity and some other things, right? To keep planets spinning in their orbit, to keep rotation happening, to all these different things so that there could be life and not chaos. That's how you know there's no such thing as a Big Bang because that would just create chaos everywhere. Explosions just blow things up and it's going to be chaos, but God created order. So in the universe, there's order. There's things like gravity. There's things like all these different laws that govern our world. And in, when, when man was, well, years ago, when kings would create laws, those laws couldn't just be changed. In fact, the laws, a lot of times, were more powerful than the kings that made them, because the king couldn't change the law. You see that in the story of Daniel, right? Darius had some people come to him and said, make a law that nobody can pray except to you, because they were trying to get Daniel in trouble. Darius made the law, and then they came and accused Daniel, and he felt bad about it. He wanted to change the law, but he couldn't. He didn't have the power to change the law. Laws were not meant to be changed. They're meant to be set in order to give order to everything. So God set laws in place when he created this universe. So I want you to catch this. I'm going somewhere with this because I want you to understand the power of the law. I want you to understand the power of the law and how it works in your life because you've got a law at work in you called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Okay? So hang with me for a minute. I was, so he says this. He says, the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of what? Sin and death. Sin came into the world when Adam sinned. And guess who came with it? Death. Death. So when Adam sinned, death came in, and it became the law. The law now said that everyone who's born is is born under that law of sin. They're under the umbrella. Before they do anything good or bad, they're born into a world governed by sin. And with sin comes this thing called death. It's a bad deal. But everybody was born into that law. So listen, here's what the law of sin and death says. Everything's going to die. You see it in nature. Everything wears out, right? Everything, everything, gets old and eventually stops working. Your car will eventually wear out. But we're going to drive it until the tires fall off. I was in a, a car dealership the other day, had to get some work done on my car and the salesman comes over and he starts talking to me. It "Don't isn't it time for a new car?" I said, no, it's not. He said, he said, but we can trade in your car right now and get you a new car. I said, brother, I'm driving that car till it won't drive no more. And he said, you're very smart. And he got up and he walked away. But that's what I'm doing. But things wear out. Things will eventually stop working. And it applies to everything that's in this earth, everything that's in nature. Everything that's alive will eventually die. People talk about their bodies Wearing out, you know? When you hurt hit a certain age, it's time for the bifocals to come out. You know, because why? Because your eyes are wearing out. As people get older, they say, I gotta get, I gotta get my ears checked because I can't hear anymore. Maybe they just don't wanna listen to what you're saying. But they they use that excuse, I gotta get my ears checked because they're wearing out, you know? Ah, uh, my knees, it's time for time for me to get some new knees because these old knees are wearing out. And we talk about our bodies. We talk about our lives. We talk about everything from this place of the mindset of the law of sin and death. But you are not under the law of sin and death. He says you've been set free from the law. And I, I want you to understand this this morning because I was I was praying about this this week. I said, Lord, I've never really stopped to think about the law of the of life, but I've been I've been declaring it. For the last few weeks, the Lord's been speaking it to me. He says, speak the law of the life, speak the law of life in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus over your body. I've been speaking over, my, I, want, I want my eyes to work better. I want, as I get older, to be like, man, I got better vision now than I did in my, in my 30s, in my 40s. I want, I want things to improve. Not get, Now, you ask people, they say that's impossible because things wear out. No, you're under the wrong law. You're looking at it from the wrong law. Look at what he says in Romans 5, verse 12. you have that one up there for me, Isaac? He says, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way death spread to all men because all have sinned. See, death came to all men because Adam sinned. But the spirit of life in Christ Jesus came because Jesus came and his blood covered over everyone. In fact, it wiped out, it eradicated the sin problem. Now you've come under a different law. So I was praying about this and I said, Lord, I don't understand fully the law of the spirit. Lord, show me what, teach me what this is. And I really, I'll tell you what, I felt the Lord speak this to me and he said, go to the book of Esther. I thought that's a strange book to go to because I wanted something else. I wanted something a little different. He said, go to the book of Esther because the book of Esther is the perfect parallel to what God did with the law of of sin and death and the law of the spirit of life. So go over here. I want to show you what what he was teaching me through this. Esther chapter 3. And you know the story of Esther. I'm not going to take time to go through the whole thing. If you don't know the story, read the book. It's a short book. But in the story, there's a There's something that happens at just the right time. The king gets upset with his current queen, and he decides to get rid of her and get a new queen. And it's kind of a weird scenario, but it's not an accident because God's setting everything up so that he can put his person in the right position at the right time to take the ear of the king. Because it doesn't matter if the king is ungodly or he's godly. God can steer him. It doesn't matter if the president is a man of God or a man of the devil. God can steer him and direct him whatever way he wants. We'll leave the politics alone now for a while. Chapter 3, there's a story here as, as Esther is just coming into the palace, into the place, the position of the queen. There's a man that the Bible calls Haman. Haman. And it says he was the son of somebody, son of a Hamed uh, something, and it calls him the Agite, the Agite. And he was, he was from, he was a descendant, in fact, the Jewish, the Jewish rabbis believe that he was a direct descendant of King Agag, uh, say that right? Yeah, Agag, who was one of the guys who came against Israel when they first came out of Egypt. That guy was killed, but somehow this guy was a descendant of people that survived, and he was related to him, so he was a man with a grudge because Israel wiped out his people. He hated Israel. He had a, he had a vendetta against them, and he, has, he comes in contact with this guy named Mordecai, who's Esther's uncle, and Mordecai refuses to give him any bitter respect, and he gets so mad he decides, I'm not just going to kill Esther. I'm not just going to kill Mordecai. I'm going to take out all the Jewish people. I'm going to kill every last one of them. So look what he does. Look at verse 8 for a second. And this is how the devil works. See, the devil works through things like corruption, things like, things like greed, all this kind of stuff. And here's what he says. Haman comes to the king. He said, there's one ethnic group. He don't even mention who they are. Scattered throughout the people in every province of your kingdom, living in isolation. Their laws are different from everybody else's. Listen, this is key. You've got a different law from everybody else. You're living in this nation, but you've got different laws from everybody else. That makes people mad. They get mad at you. They want to shut you down because you've got different laws. You live differently. Listen to what he says. It's not in the king's best interest to tolerate them. If the king approves, let an, let an order, or we could say a law, be drawn up authorizing their destruction and listen to what he says. I'm going to pay 375 tons of silver to the accounts, to the royal treasury. It's a bribe. He says, king, if you'll, if you'll let me make a law to kill all these people, because they're, they're you don't like, you're not going to want them around, I'll make, I'll make a deposit in the royal treasury. It's a bribe. It's a huge bribe. And the king says, yeah, go for it. It's corruption at the highest level. Anyway, so he makes a law and it's a law, we could call it a law of death. It's a law of death, it's a law of destruction against God's people. It was, I think, a great parallel to what the devil did. The devil devil tricked Adam, deceived Adam and Eve into eating the fruit, and now there's a law, in effect, called the law of sin and death. There's no way out of it. There's no way to change the law because if, man, if I were God, I would just be like, boom, let's make a new law, here it is you don't have to die but that God can't do that because he's a god of order he's a god that respects laws and the law had been put into effect he cannot change the law the law of sin and death still exists to this day if you want to come under it but here's what he did look at esther chapter 4 esther chapter 4 looking at verse 14 Mordecai tells Esther, look, you've got to do something about this because God puts you into this position. This is this famous verse. God puts you, what if he puts you in this position for such a time as this? If you don't do it, deliverance will come from somebody else. So he's urging Esther, go say something to the king. She knows it could be her life, but she goes before the king. But before she can even say anything to him, I love this, and I, I think you've got to catch this now. Because you got to understand what's been done for you. Listen, what I'm talking about today is going to set some people free. What I'm talking about today, if there's something that's been hanging over you, that thing's going today. If there's something that's been weighing on you, listen, you come into this, you come into agreement with this law, it's going to break some stuff off of you. But you got to come into this understanding of what God's done for you. Because I think too many people live in ignorance and they just think, well, what? they don't understand this word and what God's done for them. So he says, he says to um, the, the, the king is sleeping one night. He, he's trying to sleep and he can't sleep. And he, he gets up and he says, hey, somebody come read to me because I can't fall asleep. And they start reading the records of a king, something boring, I guess, to try to put him to sleep. And he hears something and catches his ear. And there was a plot against the king Some guys tried to kill the king, and and Mordecai found out, and he reported it. And they came and arrested, executed those men. And the king heard that story. He said, wait, 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 wait! stop right there. That's a great story. He said, what do we do to reward that guy? And they said, nothing. He said, that's not right. we got to do something. What should we do to honor this guy who, who saved my life? And just then, in walks Haman. And the king says to Haman, He says, what should we do to somebody that the king really, really wants to honor and and show great respect to? And Haman, of course, thinks he's talking about himself. He thinks he's talking about him. Well, king, here's what you should do. Get your best horse. Get your favorite horse. Get your royal robes. Put it on this guy. Let him be paraded through the street. Let somebody go before him and announce, here comes somebody that the king really wants to honor and, 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 and the king loves this guy, whatever. So he's, he says, he gives this whole big spiel. And the king says, that's terrific. I want you to do that for Mordecai. Oh, man, his heart just sinks. But listen, this is important. So Haman has to set it up. He has to then be the guy to take the horse by the reins and walk through the streets. This is somebody the king wants to, he's got to announce the parade. He becomes the parade. Do you understand what happened to this guy who thought he was in charge, who thought he was gonna kill this guy? He gets humiliated. This is exactly what Jesus did to the devil when he showed up on earth. Before he ever defeated him on the cross, he humiliated him on this earth. He went around kicking his butt everywhere he went and the devil was so mad he couldn't stand it. Everywhere he went, demons go. Everywhere he went, sickness goes. Everywhere he went, he was humiliating the devil who'd been working so hard for thousands of years. And he was mad. And so here's what happens after that. Oh, he's just, he's just so mad he can't see straight, but he's, he's, he's going to be okay because he's got the law. The law says everybody's going to die on this certain day. On this certain day, everybody's going to be... Ex- all the Jews are going to be eradicated, and it's going to be a great day for him. And so here he comes. Suddenly he gets home, and they say, no, 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 you're coming to a feast for the king and the queen. Oh, okay, well, I am important. He goes to the feast, and it's at that feast. I'll go, you go read the story a couple times. They, I think they have two different feasts. But anyway, the, finally they come before the king... And Esther reveals the plot. And she says, look, this guy is trying to kill me and all my people. Oh, the king gets so mad he can't even stand it. He gets up and he leaves. And when he comes back, he sees Haman in the lap of Esther begging for his life. And he says, no, 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 that's it. You're dead. He goes and he hangs the man on the gallows that he built to hang Mordecai. The man's dead, but now we still have a problem. We have a law in effect that says on this day, all the Jews are going to be eradicated. And so Esther has a plan And she asked the king if she can go make a new law. And he says, here's my ring. You can make whatever law you want to make. And so she and Mordecai come up with a law that says the Jews are not going to be eradicated. They can now defend themselves. They can take up arms in every city and fight against the people that want to try to kill them. And so when the law goes out, the decree goes out, look what it says in verse 17. In every province, every city where the king's command and his law was reached, Joy and rejoicing took place among the Jews. There was a celebration and a holiday, and many ethnic groups of the land professed themselves to be Jews because the fear of the Jews came on them. So these people that wanted to kill them, suddenly they're like, whoa, 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 we're Jews too. We, we be Jews, you know? Everybody Now everybody's a Jew. And on this day, see, here's what happened. I want you to catch this. Here's what happened. So there's a new law. We had the law of death that was reigning over the Jews. I'm sure they were living in fear of what was gonna happen to them on this particular day. But when that new law went out that said now you can defend yourself, listen, now it wasn't just, it's not just a matter of their survival anymore. This law did not just allow them to survive. This law took them to the top. This law didn't just protect their lives. Okay, Jews, you don't have to die now. No, no, no. It took them to the top. They were no longer the bottom people in the the city. They were no longer the bottom people in the land. They came up to the top. Everybody was afraid of them. In fact, when this thing's over, the Jews have killed thousands upon thousands of people who tried to come against them. God took the law of death and flipped it around so much so that they weren't just no longer dead. Now they were on top. That's what the law of life in Christ Jesus has done for you. It didn't just say, okay, sin doesn't have to kill you anymore. It took you back to the top. Catch this with me. Are you are you there? Okay. Romans, go back to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. This is this is so good. You got to get a hold of this, because if you can get a hold of it and you start start acting on it, this can change every this changes everything. It changes everything for you. Listen, Romans 5, let's do 17. I've got it there in the Amplified Bible. I'll try to read that. If for if because of one man's trespass, his offense, death reigned through that one, how much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace and the free gift of righteousness, I know the next word, putting them into right righteousness means being put in right with God. How much more will you reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Did you catch that? It was a mouthful. Because of one man's, go back to 17 again, the first part. One man's trespass. Who's that? Adam. We're going to have a Sunday school class. Adam sinned. Because of that sin, death reigned. The law of sin and death reigned because of one man. But because of the one man, Jesus Christ, something else came and reigned, and it's called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and it sets you free from the law of sin and death. And through that, he made you able to reign, not just to, to reign over death, no, 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 to reign as kings, where? In life, over everything in your life. You're supposed to be reigning. There's nothing supposed to be reigning over you. There's no sickness that's supposed to be reigning over you. There's no disease that's supposed to be reigning over you. There's no, there's no things like your things wearing out. I'm telling you, I'm telling you what, you come into this, this life, Jesus said, I've come that you can have life and have it how? More abundantly. Life more abundantly. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus came so you can have life. And when that life of the Spirit is in you, it brings life to everything. In your life, feel like I'm preaching better than you were saying amen. That's okay. I won't be offended. Romans, go, go to Romans 8 again. See, look, this law puts you back on top. This law, the law of the spirit of life, puts you back on the top. See, Adam was on the top when God made him. He was on the top, but he came down to the bottom. But when Jesus came, he flipped it around. He puts you back on top. You're supposed to be reigning over the devil. Oh, the devil's just been after me this week. No, you get after the devil. What what are you doing running away? I mean, I I heard that story. I probably told you this story before. I think it was Joel Hitchcock told it to me. He said he was in Africa preaching a service, and he said, this woman came, and she said, said, "I, I literally have demons that come into my house at night. She said, I lay in bed, and I can hear the footsteps on the roof. And they come down through the chimney and they attack me and physically, I mean, beat beat her up, bite marks and stuff on her body. She said, but tonight I gave my heart to Jesus, but I'm still afraid to go home. He said, no, 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 you don't have to be afraid anymore. He said, you go home. And if you hear those footsteps on the roof, you command them in the name of Jesus. You say, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. And so she went home and she came back the next day. She said, here's what happened. I was laying in bed that night and I began to hear the footsteps on the roof again. Every night I would hear the footsteps walking across the roof. And I heard them again last night. And she said they were coming towards the chimney. And I, I, I stood up and I said, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. And she said, the footsteps stopped for a second. And it kept walking. She said, no, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. And she said, the footsteps stopped again. And they didn't move. But she said they were still on the roof. So I yelled it at the top of my voice. I said, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. She said, I heard those footsteps turn around and run off the house. Listen, you're not not under anything. God's put you back at the top. You start living in authority. You start taking authority. You start speaking with authority in the name of Jesus. Look at this. Romans chapter 8, verse 8. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh. Say, I'm not in the flesh. You, you live in the flesh, but you are spirits. And so you're, since you're spirit and the spirit, he says, since the spirit of God lives in you, if anybody doesn't have the spirit of God, he doesn't belong to God, but listen to what he says. Now, if Christ is in you, the body's dead. Because remember what I said, the body is subject to the law of sin and death. The body's dead because of sin. But listen, there's a big but in here. A big but. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his Spirit who lives in you. Your mortal body is your mortal body now. When you get to heaven, you will no longer have a mortal body, correct? You will have, you, will be a, you are a spirit. You'll be a spirit. You'll have a spiritual body. But he says this law of the spirit of life, it's affecting every part of you. It's affecting, it's affecting even your physical body. It's supposed to. That's how it works. It gives life to everything. Now listen to this. There is nothing that's done in the flesh that will not die. There is, no, there is no business. If someone builds a business, good for them. If it's built in the flesh, it's gonna die because like reproduces like. You cannot in the flesh make something that will live. It, everything will eventually die. I don't care what company it is, I don't care if it's Apple or Amazon or something. If it's built in the flesh, it's going to die. It has to. Everything dies in the flesh. It may, live, it may live a long time, but it will die because it's flesh. You reproduce after your kind. Whatever you are, you reproduce. Look at your kids. You get frustrated with your kids, right? They're, they're just like you. I get so frustrated sometimes with a couple of my kids, and I, I try to remember when I was that age, and I'm like, yep, they get it from me. I, I, was, I was goofy, too. I did that same. You know what I mean? We do that we reproduce ourselves. You just can't help it. You reproduce what you are. If you're flesh, if you're working in the flesh, you're going to reproduce death. If you're in the spirit, you're going to reproduce spirit and life. This this law of the spirit of life is meant to affect everything you touch. So in the natural you're touching things and, and maybe they die, but when you get into the Spirit and you start touching things, things that were dead are now suddenly coming to life because the law of life is working in you. Amen. You still with me? Down to everything you touch. Look at John chapter 7 for just a second. I wanted to preach a whole sermon out of John chapter 7 here. Maybe we will another day. John 7, verse 37, Jesus, it says, on the last and most important day of the festival, this is the, the feast of tabernacles, Jesus stood up and he cried out, if anybody's thirsty, he should come to me and drink, right? Imagine Jesus standing up and just, just in, I, I believe at this moment, there was, a, there was a part of the ceremony, the priest would pour water out upon the steps or whatever. So as this, a lot of people think as this is happening, Jesus actually stands up and gets their attention and says, hey, if anybody's thirsty, y'all come on over here. I got got something you're going to want. He says this, the one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, you'll have streams of living water flow from deep within him. From deep inside of you, you're supposed to have something coming out of you. And look at what he says, verse 38. He said this about what? The Spirit. I'll just tell you. He said this about the Spirit, that those who believed in Jesus were going to receive the Spirit, for the Spirit had not yet been received because Jesus hadn't been glorified. But he's talking about something that was going to happen after he went up to heaven. He says, you're going to get the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you and out of you everywhere you go is going to be these rivers of living water bringing life everywhere. You got life in you, but it's not supposed to stay in you. It's supposed to come out of you because if it stays in you, it's called stagnant. It's a stagnant water. That's death. No, it's supposed to flow. The Holy Spirit's got to flow out of you. Everything you touch, every person you touch. Look, I don't care. I don't care if they're a heathen. I don't care if you work with a whole bunch of heathens. You go to work and you start speaking life. You go to work and you start, they don't even have to know what you're doing. You just walk up and you just touch them on the shoulder. I don't know if you're allowed to do that because you've got to be six feet away probably, don't you? But if you're allowed to touch them, man, you just, or, or from right where you are, you just be like, man, you know, and just point at them. And man, when you do that, man, stuff's going to come out of you. You just start declaring things are coming out of you. Life's coming out of you. When people need to touch from God, you, you just, in the name of Jesus, people are getting touched. That's what I, I want to believe that. I want to walk like that. I want to speak like that. I want to I wanna have stuff happen. If I gotta to go to that ungodly place called Walmart, I want people to be getting saved and, and healed and set free when I go there. We need we, we've got the mission field right here at Asheboro called Walmart. Let's go turn that place into a place of life. Amen. Wow. There's an anointing in you. You have an anointing in you, and it's supposed to come out of you. you. You cannot keep this thing bottled up. You see somebody on TV selling bottles of that stuff? No, you don't believe it. You got it in you, and you can't keep it. You got you to gotta give it. You got life in you, and life should be spilling out everywhere you go when you hear people and sometimes maybe even in your family start speaking the spirit of death the spirit of or the the law of death the law of sin and death because you know we all talk like that sometimes because we fall back into our natural way of thinking get out of that natural way of thinking stop talking like that flipping around no 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 we're not going to talk like the law of, we're not going to speak the law of sin and death we're going to speak the law of the spirit of life oh it looks bad it looks like we're it looks like we're we're going to no, stop it. Stop it. Flip it around. It, it might look bad in the natural, but I'll tell you what, in the spirit, things are looking great. There is no, there is no shortfall in the spirit. There is no lack in the spirit. There is, the law the spirit of life is putting life to work in you and life to work through you. So here's your job. you got to use your authority to enforce the law. you got to use... Listen... The law is at work in you, but here's the problem. I kind of mentioned this earlier in the service. The law is there in you. It's at work in you, but sometimes laws get ignored. The law might be there In fact, I talked to I won't say who it was I talked to a law enforcement officer last week <laughs> on Sunday. And um, he, he told me he told me there's, there's certain counties where the police officers have been told, if someone commits a crime, you're not allowed to chase them, unless it's a major crime. So he said, for instance, if someone stole a car, he said, if they drive off, they're not, the police are not permitted to chase them. You can have laws, but if there's no enforcement of the law, how many of you know it's the same as not having the law? It's, it's chaos. That's crazy. That's, that's our world today. It's gone crazy. But listen, it doesn't matter what the world's doing. I'm talking about you right now. And it's the same for your life because you, you might be aware of the law, but you're ignoring it. And I think most Christians are. You know, we have lawlessness in our own lives. So he says, go back to Romans chapter 8, verse 1 for me, and I'm going to get ready to close soon. I got started a little early. That's all right. So uh, he says, therefore, no condemnation now exist for those in Christ Jesus. When you're under the new law, you don't have condemnation in your life. You've been set free from condemnation. You know, in the Jewish, um, in, the, in the Hebrew, in the, new, in the Old Testament, most of the time it talked about sin. It was talking about the guilt, the weight of sin on their lives, you know, because it wasn't so much that they they needed to be forgiven from the thing that they did, although they needed that too. But it was so much the guilt that weighed on them from what they'd done. But he says this, there is no, no, no condemnation. If you're in the spirit, you've been set free, not only from the sin, but from the guilt of that sin, the weight of that sin, the condemnation that comes with it. See, the devil wants to bring that condemnation into your life. He wants to remind you every day of things that you've done in your past and remind you of how how bad you were. But when the Spirit has set you free, he's brought righteousness into your life and you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what he did for you. So he says the Spirit's law of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Listen, you've been set free today. Here's what we need to do. We need to start speaking like it. We need to start declaring the law of life in Christ Jesus is at work in me. You know, if there's something in your, in your life, in your body, in your family, in your, in your workplace, whatever, that does not line up with this law, you take authority. Just like a law enforcement official would and say, no, 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 I declare this as illegal. So you've been given authority to do that. You've been given authority over serpents and scorpions. You've been given authority over every work of the devil. Jesus gave you that authority, so He did it for you. But the problem is, too often we just let things go. Well, I guess I just need to go uh, take. I guess I just need to go get those bifocals. No, get the bifocals if you want to. I'm not speaking against bifocals. If you got bifocals, that's fine. I, I probably, you know, sometimes need to wear those. I don't know. But here's what I'm going to declare over my body: Eyes work in the name of Jesus. Law of life, get to work. You fix this thing. Spirit of life, get to work in my body. Anything it might be in your life, in your family, you don't take it sitting down. You don't say, no, 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 I guess, I guess my kids are just gonna run wild. No, law of life, get to work. This spirit of death, you get out of here. The spirit of sin and death, you get out of here. I've got the different law at work in my family. I've got a different law at work in my body. I've got a different law at work in my life. Are you with me? Start declaring some things. See, we don't declare it because we don't believe it. We don't speak it because we don't believe it. If you, if you believe it, you'd speak it. Hey, stand up with me. The law of the spirit of life is at work in you. And it's giving life to your mortal body. Thank you, Lord. Bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. Maybe you're here today. I know I'm talking about this topic. It's, a, it's maybe a, a deep topic, something for you to think about this week. But as we've been just going through this Holy Spirit series, I want to encourage you just to continue to seek for more. God's got more for you. I don't care what, where you're at with the Lord. He's got more in store for you than anything you've experienced yet in your life you have not arrived. He wants to do more in you. He wants to do more through you, but you've got to, you've got to, I believe the key is to be receptive to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Be receptive to what the Spirit is doing in your life. Listen, he's bringing life to your body. This is the point this morning. He's bringing life to everything you do, everything you touch. If you've got a job, You do your job and you say, in the name of Jesus, I'm doing this job by the power of the Holy Spirit that's in me. And he's bringing life to this thing. And it might just be a little thing and you might look at it and say, it's just a a little thing. But when that life hits it, the spirit of life is going to cause it to grow. You might have contracts and you say, that's just a small little contract. It's, It's not even important. But suddenly the spirit of life is at work in that thing and it's growing and it's growing whatever it is in, the, in, your, in your life, in your family, in your, in your health, whatever you're, you're dealing with today, you release that law of the spirit of life to go to work. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what, my, you're talking about this thing and my life isn't even right with Jesus. Maybe you're watching online this morning. And you say, my life is not even right with the Lord this morning. I'm far from God. There's no way this law of the spirit of life is in me. But listen, when you you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. And he wants to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Spirit as well. And listen, when he gets on you, life is in you. And it's released through you. And everything you're doing is producing something. It's producing life. There's no longer labor that doesn't produce. I'm talking about fruitful. God wants you fruitful in your life and everything you do. And so this morning, if you need Jesus in your life, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. I give you my life today, Jesus. Thank you for filling me with your spirit and making me new. Amen. And listen, no matter what you might be facing today, this law will work for you. It's a law because it always works. The law works. But you got to come into agreement with this law. You got to declare this law. You got to speak this law. You got to say, Lord, I'm believing your law is at work in my body. I believe your law is at work in my life. Your law is at work in my family. And I believe the Lord will produce the life that He said He will. So lift your hands with me right now. If you need a if you need anything, you just agree with us as we pray this prayer. And maybe you speak it over your own situation. Lord, we thank you today for that law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you that law has set us free from sin and death. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our bodies, what you're doing in our lives, what you're doing in our church today, what you're doing in our workplaces. We thank you, Lord, that this law is coming into work. We're no longer going to speak the law of sin and death. We're no longer going to talk the law of sin and death. That's not what's coming out of our mouth. The law of life in Christ Jesus is coming out of our mouth. In the name of Jesus, somebody say amen. Amen.